The short game is listener-supported on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and join us on our Discord, head to theshortgame.net or patreon.com slash theshortgame. Back to the short game. This is a show about short video games, games that respect your time. I'm Reagan Kelly, and this week I am joined by 100% of my co-hosts. Laura Nash. Nate Heininger. And Shane Kelly. And this week we are talking about the latest game from short game Hall of Famer Inkle, and that is Overboard, with an exclamation point. Overboard! Overboard. 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 A whodunit where you're the one whodunit. What a great concept <laughs> what for a, a game. What a, what a great concept. I love it. Uh, so it's 1935, and uh, you are a, a dashing lady who offs her husband. And uh, it is a visual novel kind of like 80 Days. That's kind of the elevator pitch. But before we get too late, um, real quick in- recap on Inkle. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about their uh, their history. Yeah, so they did 80 Days in Heaven's Vault, and they made this game in three months. And what a glorious three months that must be. I can only imagine how much fun they had making this game. And for it only to take three and a half months, you just had to know it had to be just like such concise effort for such a good end product. They had to know like end to end that this is awesome. You know, like none of the development hell that you most games get stuck in. They just idea... And it's out, and it's a hit. How much yeah, fun is that? Incredible pandemic project. If you're if you're not familiar with Inkle, and maybe you haven't played any of their previous games, just to give you a little bit of an idea of their sort of style as a developer, um, they are very deeply rooted in the uh, interactive fiction scene. Their uh, their game Eighty Days was a huge smash hit on iOS and since then tons of other platforms and kind of recasts the uh, around the world in 80 days story as a sort of a anti-colonial new take on steampunk. And it's pretty incredible. Uh, It's just one of those sort of absolute classics uh, of the short game and of games in general. Um, And then uh, they had, I think they followed that up. I don't think there was anything in between that and heaven's vault Um, and heaven's vault was an astonishing but also incredibly intricate, uh, really big, complex game uh, about uh, traveling through space, decoding an alien language. Um, it was really an enormous sort of narrative and technical achievement. Um, and it's also one of the sort of most, I don't know, meaty games we've covered in depth on the short game. It was determined ineligible for end of year consideration for the short game awards <laughs> because it was actually a long game. Yeah. Which what a blow! What a blow to the games, Absolutely. you know, it, award it was that show. That and Hades, but we gotta yeah. have our ethics. What a, I know we're, we're very sorry, Inkle, we're, for disqualifying you. But that game really did whip. And I mean, if you go listen. back and listen to our episode on it, like <laughs> we talked endless sugar about it. We all loved it. It was it was incredible. Yeah, and. Mm-hmm. So this is a return back to kind of the 80 days form. It's written in their language, Inc. Uh, and like 80 days, it's available on everything. You said, you know, I played on iOS, but it's on Steam, GOG, Switch, App Store. Again, how you put out something in three and a half months that's on that many platforms is mind boggling. I think and they've just gotten really, really good at this style of development. They, you know, they knew what they were trying to do. Yeah. And last piece, a little admin before we get into the nitty gritty, it's six bucks on iOS and mm-hmm. 11 to 15 elsewhere. And each gameplay is 
30 minutes to an hour, depending on what you're doing. There's a, t- there's a clock yeah. running, but you yeah. keep going and going and going. I would say three minutes to an hour. <laughs> three minutes to an hour. I did just, lose the first yeah, time it, I played in about two minutes. <laughs> yeah, so let's not let's not uh, mix it up here. Yeah, and uh, it is designed to be extremely replayable. So uh, when you know when we say that the gameplay session is you know you can you can start to finish playthrough from uh, the murder that begins the story to the either escape. Or, uh, or capture of the murderer, your main character, um, might take anywhere between like that's three minutes or up to about, you know, for me, I don't know, 45 minutes is probably the longest that any one particular run went. Um, uh, but it's meant for you to play it several times to kind of discover not exactly an optimal route. Um, but you have, uh, you know, obviously there's the initial goal of like, how do I get away with this? But once you've figured out how to complete that goal, there are many, many other fun things to try to do uh, while replaying this narrative. Yeah. Yeah. Will someone uh, take us back to the first night? Like what you yes. actually, what the actual crime is? Absolutely. So fundamentally, this game is a, m- a murder mystery or a whodunit, uh, but uh, you done it. You did the you did the murder in the opening scene. Um, your character, the player character, is Veronica Villainsley, who has just pushed her hapless husband off the side of a boat, the SS Hook, in the middle of the ocean, an, an Atlantic crossing. Um, the year is well, it's in it's in the years just before World War Two. 1935. Like 1935. 30, uh, um, and you uh, you wake up the next morning having having committed this crime, and then I guess gone to bed. <laughs> I fell asleep. Uh, fell asleep on the chaise. I mean, you yeah. fell asleep on the chaise. Does lounge. anything make you uh, more tired than hoisting your horrible husband over the railing? I I also uh, you know. Look, I, I love. There are dolphins in the sea below. <laughs> I love says. the intro. Where I, the intro is so good. They do something really interesting as you, uh, before we we jump in. They because the in, every time you restart, at least for the beginning, the intro is like slightly different. But they have a voiceover, and then they also have text on the screen, and the text on the screen mm-hmm. doesn't actually match the voiceover. And it's really interesting. They do it every it time. Changes I, I just, over time. Yeah. yeah, they they mix it up. Yeah, um, and the. The, the thing that you're doing in this game is you're trying to cover up your murder. Um, and so fundamentally, you're just trying to get away with it. And that means, uh, well, that can mean different things. There are many, many paths through this game. This plays in the kind of interactive fiction or maybe more visual novel style where, uh, you know, at, you're constantly being presented with little choices uh, around interacting with the other characters on the boat. And I, I can't wait to start talking about those characters because that's where the meat of the game is. But you choose everything you do um, and you can choose uh, from scene to scene to go to all the different locations on the boat. So you can uh, you know wander through the boat, um, collect different items and, and uh, use them to... Uh, Basically, try to get away with it. And the first time, you almost certainly won't. <laughs> Unless you're Nate. <laughs> I, you know what? I wasn't even going to say it. I was gonna, I stopped myself, and then you you, you called it up. But yes, <laughs> we Molly and I won on our first turn. 
But even if you do get away with it on the first time, um, there are many, many routes through this game. There are varying degrees of getting away with it. So, uh, you know, fundamentally, you can, when the boat docks in America, just before you get off, uh, this somewhat Sherlock Holmesian uh, character who's a, do you remember his name? He's a Sikh the uh oh the um oh geez i don't have his name in front of me the major um, yeah the sing thank you thank you thank you thank you very much I'd, I'd, i need to have a list of characters up but uh he he tends to kind of at the end of the the day or uh when uh when bodies are discovered uh when, whenever it becomes necessary he pulls everyone together into um one room and there's kind of an interrogation where they basically present what evidence they have and, and some decisions are made. And, um, th- you know, that scene is often really tense because, you know, you have tried to set up all of these little details covering your tracks in different ways. And, uh, you know, now you're going to see how it plays out. And you'll get a final scene usually where either Veronica is locked up in Sing Sing or she's gotten away with it. It's such a good touch. I love that it's Sing Sing, and you even get a little. You, <laughs> yep, you get a little scene at Sing Sing. It's so good. Every, there's so many little touches to this game that are wonderful. My favorite touch right there at the end is the newspaper because you get this kind of report at the end that gives you the motivation to try again and and to try to do better. Uh, because fundamentally, you can uh, get away with or without your freedom. And then you see there's a checkbox for, well, did you get the your husband's life insurance payout? Because if if he's believed to have committed suicide, then or if you're believed to have killed him, then you don't get his life insurance payout. Um, and so really, that's where I think the true game begins. <laughs> it is relatively simple to run around the boat and hide any of the evidence of your crime. Uh, but it's quite another thing to find a patsy who you can put the crime onto. And then there's even more layers to it that once you start getting past there, I, and I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah. Once you get past there, there are further layers of uh, scheming uh, and framing that you can get up to. Yeah. Every single character in this game has a secret. Uh, you know, you're you're the murderer on the boat, but everybody has a secret. I saw somebody on Twitter, and I'm not sure who. And now I'm I, I wish I could credit them for this this I think a bit of insight. But um, this game felt to me a lot like a sort of text-based version of an immersive sim. Because, you know, if you play, you know, immersive sims, there's always this sort of layer to it where, like, yes, you're just trying to get around and, like, fight enemies or whatever. But usually there's also, like, um, you're learning people's backstories and secrets by finding things like their notes. And, you know, you're sneaking into places. You're finding things like codes to doors or figuring out how to how to make it through a space in creative and interesting ways. This has a lot of that. So, you know, for example, there's rooms on this ship that you can't go into. Well, how do I get into that room? There might be multiple ways to either get a key to that room or to convince someone to let you into that room. Um, Every single character has secrets and there's multiple ways to discover those secrets. Maybe you can get that information out of one of the other characters. Maybe you can threaten that person. Maybe you can uh, sneak into their, their cabin and look through their things. Um, and once you have those secrets that those characters have, then you can use that in interesting ways. So maybe once 
once you know somebody's secret, you can use it to uh, blackmail them or uh, or you can use that information to frame them for the murder. And so there's so much going on with this. Like there's so many layers. Every character has so much going on. You know, it all takes place on this small boat, but it really feels like this incredibly open experience. You kind of think with a game like this, all of these characters are going to be like stationary or, you know, kind of in their place saying their thing, right? And you're going to go and like, oh, I'm going to go to the restaurant and visit Lady H. She's always there, always doing a thing. But no, actually, you know, this game, everyone has their own sort of life on the boat and these mm-hmm. paths that they're doing that really influence the story. Like Mr. Carstairs, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you know, he is always going to be on the top deck uh, early in the morning. And so if you you may try to beat him there, uh, because there may be something up there that you want to get, or you may know he's going to be up there at that time. So you can go to a different place where maybe it's important that he's not there and you start to learn the, the, their like normal path, but then you can start getting in there and messing up their normal path so that maybe they are in different places. And then they usually are, which gives you an open door to do something different than mm-hmm. what would have normally happened. Like the, the whole boat, feels really, really lived in. It, it made me think of a game that we've done uh, for this show, uh, which was not a whodunit, or it was kind of a whodunit, kind of a spin on whodunit, which was the sexy brutale. I was just going to say that, that. I, the sexy brutale. It because it yeah. has that, that sense of like characters moving around. They've yeah, got their it, own business to attend it, to, but exactly. they are watching, you know, they're looking out. That is why this is a Shane game. Yeah. 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 The, the Sexy Brutale, when we played it, was one of my very favorite games. I love that, that game. We that, that is, mm-hmm. for those of you who might not have played it, and I don't think a lot of people did. Yeah. Uh, Real shame. That's a game, game where you are in this hotel where, like, it's a kind of a Groundhog Day situation. Mm-hmm. And it is kind of a similar scenario where you're going through something of a time loop. This isn't an explicit time loop. This is just a very heavily replayable game. There, there's a little bit of an implication that there's a time loop because when you like yeah, restart the you know the the day, uh, Veronica like shakes awake in her room and sometimes says like what she learned from the last uh, last loop as if it was something she awakened from a dream. You know, like yeah, oh, mm-hmm. don't uh, don't 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 go in there when he's uh, you know watching or something like that. Like he she'll she'll wake up with a with a moment of insight (laughs) yeah i was trying to tell if that was like actually her because it's a thought bubble if it's like actually her and we are supposed to Uh, understand that this is a time warp or i don't don't think i don't think yeah sexy is like narratively a time time loop this is like you know this has that element to it because like you can learn something in one loop and then carry that information forward into the right. next loop and I don't think that it really means that like Veronica is reliving this day but you as the player are uh, <laughs> we're able to retain knowledge <laughs> the other yeah. thing that's very different yeah. here from from the sexy brutale is the sexy brutale is a big space where everything's very tightly scripted and things mostly happen the same way every time Yes, but in this game things can be incredibly different from run to run. Your choices that you make and the ways that you interact with the characters and the things that you do make an enormous different difference in the way that things play out. Characters will be in different places, having different conversations that you can take part of or part in or listen in on. Uh, you know, you'll be able to access areas that you couldn't before. And all of that is, is this is perhaps in my mind the tightest writing Oh, yeah. Of any piece yeah. of interactive writing I've ever played. And I, I've i played quite a bit. And so this is maybe one of my favorite pieces of IF 
of all time. Part of that is the presentation, but really I think this comes down to John Ingold, who is the writer and creative director. Um, there is a reason that I think this guy is the the best narrative designer uh, out there. Like, just think about the way that the, the interactions are simplified and presented here. Every time you're interacting, nearly every time, you're presented with exactly the right number of choices, which is always three choices. <laughs> yes. <laughs> three choices always. Even though we're dealing with incredibly complex situations and conversations, and those choices, um, you know, it's so common in video games where mostly this is playing out in conversation. It's so common in video games for those choices to be the the classic Bioware choice where you're it's the good answer, the good guy, the bad guy, and the dick. And the right? fourth one, which is I don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> yes. Um, so there's John John Ingold has a, a talk that I would I would really encourage anyone who's interested in just the design of narrative games to check out uh, about uh, writing good dialogue for games. Right? He says writing sparkling dialogue. I think is the name of the talk. Um, and and he he said something that I thought was um, kind of really. He said your basic answers shouldn't be that. They should be some you can you can kind of default to accept, reject, and deflect instead, right? And so a lot of the circumstances here, one of the most fun things about the dialogue in this game is how it almost feels like you're constantly being tried to like it's constantly trying to trap you mm-hmm. into saying into incriminating yourself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So the dialogue um, is tempting the, you. It's very yes. The characters will always remember what you said when you get to that that scene at the end. They'll call you out if you said that your husband was with you this morning. Yeah, right? there's there's mm-hmm. like little dialogue options in this that say things like, like there's there's several options where you can say things like my husband was a good man or something like that. And uh, and if they you know if if you had previously told the character that you didn't know where your husband was and you thought maybe he was out walking the deck and then later you said he was a good man, they'll notice that you said that and think, wow, mm-hmm. does she know something that you know? Does she, she does know that he's dead or something like that. These are the kind of choices that in games almost never matter. Dialogue choices in most games do mm-hmm. not matter, and in this game, they gen every choice genuinely matters as you progress towards that ending and and so you have to really think. And on top of that, these the dialogue is well written. It's full of subtext. It's punchy. It feels like fun 1930s uh like detective novel dialogue. Yeah. And I've been reading so many golden age stories recently. There's um, an awesome podcast called She Done It, and I joined the book club over the pandemic. So I've been reading a ton of things outside of my normal just Agatha Christie. And they have taken the flavor uh, without all the baggage. And so it feels very late and jaunty. There's jokes about the time period, but it's not feeling like it's weighed down by it. I, I love, you know, in any other version of this game uh the uh the major sing would be hercule perot he would be the main character mm. and he's just as well written if he was the, as if he was the main detective like every character because they you could be trying to pin a murder on them they have to be just as well rounded as the next it's not like some of these games where only two of them have any development and the rest are red yeah. and they all have pretty deep 
dialogue trees if you just want to go and get to know them better. You can almost always get into a room with one of them and just keep asking questions. And and like the major, you can get really deep into their war uh, history and like their experience in the military uh, by just continuing to ask like more and more probing questions. And you can do that with, I, I think, every character. You can just spend time with them, mm-hmm. learning more and more and more about them, which is sometimes useful. Um, but these runs are so fast that it really just feels like, oh, that was the run that I really got to know the major. Uh, I did a shit job they uh, of actually getting away with the murder, but I have a better understanding of that character. Maybe that will help me you know, in a future run where I'm, you know, trying to avoid the major and I know kind of what his whole deal is. You also yeah. get to know them differently whether they like you and they don't or they don't like you. Like they're, yeah. they're they're the characters are complex in how they play out as well. Like and you there you can find out a lot about them. And then all of that information is useful to you because all of these characters are interacting with you and each other in believable ways. Like there there are times there were times where I was playing through this and I was trying to get a certain outcome. And um, I I had what I thought had like mechanically, I had lined all the, I'd, I'd planted the clues in the right places. I had, um, you know, made sure that certain people wouldn't be present in the final accounting of, of you know, of my deeds. Um, but... I answered a couple of questions badly in little <laughs> tiny ways that they that they were able to pin things on me and I and I had pissed off the wrong person by like making an offhand choice um of of dialogue and that was enough to like you could see a moment in that scene where like the whole thing turned against me you know and and that's the kind of thing that I've never seen that kind of moment in a video game before in any way that felt like anything other than like a pre-written FU to the player. But this, you, you, um, I mean, the only thing that has been like predestined for, for Veronica, it feels like is the fact that she killed her husband last night. You know? Yeah. And, <laughs> and I think the summing up is very important to me because the, the summation Everybody has a chance to accuse you and present their evidence and say why they think something, which means that it always feels fair. And the summation always feels like, oh, no, I've gotten caught. <laughs> like, it feels yeah. inevitable. They, they caught me. And, yeah. and you're like, yes, they caught me. I, I messed up. It's not unfair that the game didn't tell you something. It's always, well, oh, no, I forgot about my earring or I forgot – yeah, I mean, let's also uh, be fair here. Veronica is a shit murderer. Oh, she's terrible. And if it, if it she isn't fell for asleep. this, <laughs> if it isn't for this, like <laughs> she's not a she is she's so not bad. Moriarty, no, <laughs> no. There is there is so much evidence. You are like it is, you are really bobbing and weaving through this game, like trying to get away with it. And she's it makes not it just really a shit killer at killing her husband. Like you can kill other characters on this boat as well, and it's almost always. A, a fun and funny thing to try to figure out how to make it happen. Like there's so many options in this game, just trying to figure out like, okay, if I wanted to, um, you know, like any character, like you might have all sorts of goals. Do I want to kill this person? Do I want to convince them that I'm innocent? Do I want to tell them that I'm guilty and get them on my side? Do I want to have sex with them? All of these options are available for many of the characters. And, 
uh, you, uh, it, it just, it's just such an incredibly open possibility space and trying to figure out how to like set up the scenario where like you get that golden set of choices where like, ah, uh, yes, finally I have the opportunity to, uh, to sleep with this person or to kill them or whatever it is that you're trying to do. It's so fun to just sort of like try stuff. It's like a, it's setting up like a Rube Goldberg of yes. decisions. You know, you're like, all right, I've got to, I got to go here to set up this thing. And then that will allow this person to be here so that I can sneak behind and do this thing. And, da, 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 and then you accidentally tell them that you were with them this morning and then they get you. Yeah. <laughs> because this is, you, this is objectively you, a small game, but I really want to know how, how much, how much script went into this game. Cause it must be like an absolutely um, an enormous amount of script for such a, such a brief, but it's thing. also, but small. that being said, I think I love how much every dialogue choice feels like an actual thing Veronica would say. Mm -hmm. They're all in character, so it feels like every time there's a dialogue choice, you are choosing between three things you want to say. And I think that is incredibly rare in games, because often it is two choices that are out of character for this playthrough and a third choice. And this time... You think any of these are real options for it, and you you might miss tap, or you might make a stupid decision because it sounds funny in the moment, and then your run is a bit. So that's over. what I was gonna say is they are they they tempt you because you'll be like, all right, I'm playing the like aloof, coy, you know, like I don't know where my husband. Do you know where my husband? You know, you're, like I'm doing I that character this round. Yeah, why why where is my? And then you get a. a you know, a dialogue choice is like the filthy bastard deserved it. And you're like, oh, that, <laughs> like, that looks he fun. Did, to, like that looks fun. Really to press, too, you know? And so, <laughs> so like you are tempted. Yeah. To like blow your whole cover with these, uh, fantastic choices and real quick, uh, word of advice. Don't put the game down mid session, like bank, like 30 minutes to play because, uh, you want a recipe for forgetting what version of Veronica you're playing in any given run. Uh, that's how you do it. Put it down and then pick it up <laughs> because I, you. yeah, because I like do not remember like oh shit what it where where did I say I was this morning you know what what did I say to the steward mm-hmm. uh, you know those things all matter. A couple quick little things just in terms of like the um the you know the features and and everything. Um, one of the things I really appreciated about this that I didn't realize was there until I'd been playing for a while was there is a rewind feature that you can retry any scene. So if you accidentally tap the wrong option or, you know, something goes slightly awry and you're like perfect playthrough, um, there's an option to reset the scene and you can do it once per scene. Uh, and so if, you know, you go down that wrong path, you can do that. And you can also just reset the day back to 8 a.m. at any point from the menu, um, which uh, I, I found that really convenient. You know, if, if you're trying to achieve some very specific ends, then, you know, you can you can retry things as you go. And also there's a feature where it will show you what you chose last time. Uh, so if you hit, you know, this does have scenes, you know, if you happen to be, you know, on the on the main deck at 9 a.m. You're going to have a scene with Mr. Carstairs at that time, and that scene is going to give you a pretty prefixed set of options with Mr. Carstairs. Um, but uh, if you if you're in a scene that you've experienced before, I think this actually extends through multiple playthroughs. Like if if you if you're in a scene that you've experienced before, whatever the last options you chose during that scene are are going to be highlighted in green, and it's got Such a very visual. It really is, and it's got the very visual novel style like. Uh, like skip or advance button that if you just want to like play out the scene exactly the way that you've seen it before and you don't want to make any new choices you can hold down that button and it'll rush you through the scene showing you each option and auto picking them as you go unless you come to something that you've never seen before 
Yeah, but there's a really cool feature to the f- that I haven't seen before in this fast forward, which is it will when it comes to the choice, it will temporarily slow down the fast mm, forward yeah. and give you a progress bar through the button so you can stop on any choice and then it will fast forward through the dialogue. So it's like, do you want to yeah. change your mind? Okay, no, go. F- One of the things they say about this game on their on their page in terms of marketing materials is next gen visual novel and like God, I hope so. Because this this is like this feels so like the smooth. future yeah. of the visual novel format. It almost feels like it's gone past it to being its own new thing that's not a visual novel. But I mean, you know, this this plays like a visual novel, but it's it's doing all of these incredibly smart narrative and technical things that the the visual novel genre just like wishes it could do. This is I mean, this is absolutely the result of someone who is absolutely at the very pinnacle of this almost totally new field of narrative design um, who is writing a little passion project that feels in many ways like a um, like a showpiece for what Inkle has been doing in terms of creating new tools for creating exactly this kind of material. Um, and like it, I think this kind of structure of the scenes that you were just talking about, it's worth it's worth pointing out that like those kinds of little scenes, like that scene in which Carstair gives you the uh, earring, right? That can that same scene is going to play out multiple times. It's going to play out a lot. Um, it can happen in different places. It can happen in different contexts. And when it does happen, it's going to happen differently in those different contexts. There are there are times in this game where, you know, you might've seen a scene before, but this new next time that you do it, some new line is going to be said or sayable by you that could not have been said before in that context. A case in point would be that kind of big final scene at the end. And this, I, this is a teeny tiny spoiler, but I think it's just my favorite example. Um, Very (laughs) in most of my playthroughs, there was a scene at the end uh, where I was suffering some sort of accusation uh, from a certain young lady who we'll talk about um, and uh, about my husband. And um, in one of those scenes, when I had read some poetry that she had written for him, I was able to, uh, I was kind of thinking, I was like uh, being a little bit pompous, like thinking I had gotten away with it. And I was able to, I was saying, oh, you poor girl, he had, your heart in his clutches mm-hmm. like a like a falcon and that's a quote <laughs> from her it was a quote from her poem that she didn't know i had read from her room oh, no. like that little that no. kind of callback but it had a great result which we can talk about in spoilers <laughs> mm-hmm. yes that kind of callback is incredible you know yeah. that kind of that kind of work keeping things feeling alive and fresh the 10th time you play through a scene impossible impossible how did he do this you know they, it's a whole happen. it's a whole incredible team i i know that john ingold is like an incredible uh narrative director and and uh you know at the height of their powers but like this is a this is a team that like i can't believe they did this in three and a half months during a pandemic. Like they had to have so many wild. play testers, like just 
uh, play this for like a week straight and tell us where it doesn't work because it is perfect. I, I can't. They like, should it never doesn't... return to the office. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what should happen is Inkle should Another get pandemic in yeah. then no. we get another one. No. Not no. too soon, Reagan. Too soon. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, um, you know what should happen is Inkle needs to get together with um, the person who created Knights of San Francisco and that whole crazy oh, yeah. uh combat system get them together and make like the perfect you know interactive fiction visual novel game combine inkle's narrative design with that sort of combat that would be awesome make that the would, perfect that game would be really cool um hi i i don't know how much more of this i can talk about without getting into spoilers i, know <laughs> well, you I can guys talk have, about okay. one more thing uh it's laura's fashion corner oh good uh, <laughs> hey it's been a while since we've had uh this this segment uh it has i am i think it might be six or seven we do not tend to do a lot of clothing based things but um yeah. close your eyes and think about 1930s on a, a big cruise ship 99 percent of people are going to stick everybody in evening gowns and tuxes right like it it like that's the cliche they actually put everyone in sportswear which is like or uniforms or like the old ladies wearing a fur which is correct and the you are wearing this little like knit sportswear outfit which is very late 30s and it's like something that would have been like just come out in 1935 and then the poor girl is wearing something that's more like from 1933 cuz she's kind of tacky and I was just like yay someone looked at like 1930s sportswear and put it all on this deck there's only like 8 or 10 characters but they're all correctly dressed for the period and they look great so it's that attention to detail and great call out i it's awesome no one wears veronica's outfit in like 2020 no one is wearing a full knitwear polo shirt with like extra jaunty lapels like it's like no one wears knit polo dresses but they did in the 30s and that's what you're wearing and you look great (laughs) it's a good look it's a good i love the i love the character art you know it's all very like um uh uh, i don't don't know how you describe this style it's it's very bold lines uh, you know, cartoonish, but not like not like a standard cartoony it, style. It's gr- it's graphic in the like sense of the like m- two or three color like per item graphic sense. It's graphic like a 1930s advertisement for going on a cruise ship thinking. would be. But it's but it's yeah. been softened and rounded where they would be kind of pointy and jagged. This is very rounded to make it look more modern. So they've taken the coloration of the 30s and brought it to a modern style. Like super flat Art Deco, maybe? Yeah, it reminds me of the art from 80 Days while being a little less intricate, which is fine. I feel like this is like uh, they, they managed to uh, land on a style that allowed them to get a lot of things like facial expressions in without needing a lot of poses. And um, so I, I think there's, you know, there is a sort of an efficiency element to this particular art style. Uh, but like when it needs a, a, a picture, it's got one ready. And so like, you know, you you've come to some bad end and there's there's always a really fun thing to look at as you as you you know groan yeah. and scream. I really like it. I think the the way they uh they also do some dramatic effect with it. So like it it definitely has that sort of graphic novel aesthetic to it where you know there'll be uh the Veronica will be on the left hand of the uh of the screen, you know, there's a dia- a thick diagonal line 
cutting off her segment of the scene. And then in the middle of your screen will be like the area that you're at. So like, uh, you know, a, a, a shot of a cafeteria or a shot of like a smoking room. And then there'll be another hard diagonal line and the character that you're talking to on the other side. And then if something dramatic happens, it'll like flash and there'll be a new character over on the other side or, or not as dramatic and it'll just switch. And now there's two people over there and it just really sets the scene really well and does do some visual, you know, elements when it's higher stress situations, they ramp it up a little bit. Uh, I thought it was super effective. And then all of this again, with the understanding that they did this in three and a half months, it's like this game looks way better than it needed to, you know, they could have released this as a, you know, more IF, comp style thing where it's text on a screen. And I think we would still be talking about how impressive this game is from its, its writing and narrative uh, and choice based elements, let alone the super polished. uh, Yeah. Well realized. Yeah. I was just going to say the UI, the UI is extremely polished. Like the little cross section of the boat that lets you, you know, move around the way that it illustrates how much time you're going to move it's going to take for to move from one place to another. The, the boat tells you everyone's location and also um, whether or not those people will still be there by the time you're able to get to that location. Yeah. And so also smooth. when you tap on a place, um, Veronica on screen says something about that place that is contextual to like what she knows and what she thinks is going to happen or why she's going there. So it's it, it makes it very very, uh, which is a very very helpful way to navigate <laughs> yeah. around, like help you figure yeah. out what you're going to do next or where you're going to go. And like any good game, you can talk directly to God. So there's that. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, we, we'll have to save that for the spoiler break. But that is like, <laughs> oh, come on, <laughs> dear listener, pray. <laughs> there is a hint system. Yeah, this is the tagline, the marketing material. So I don't think it's a spoiler. But in our spoiler break, we'll probably be talking about a lot of these. They list all the the verbs you can do, which are lie, befriend, betray, console, sneak, seduce, steal, borrow, pray, eavesdrop, kill. <laughs> So that's your teaser for why you should that's play so this good. game. That's so good. And we're going to spoil and the hell out of all those soon. <laughs> yes. Uh, so this, we have to spoiler break here in a minute because I really do want to uh, ask you guys some questions. I, I played through this game, I think, 10 times. Uh, maybe not quite, like eight or 10. And uh, I got a good number of endings, but I'm I'm. I definitely didn't see it all. I, I I already heard you guys mention some stuff that you saw that I didn't. And I know there's some stuff I was trying to do that I haven't figured out how yet. So I'm definitely eager to hear uh, about stuff that you guys have discovered. Yeah. And I, I, I think since we're wrapping up here, I just, I have to say, I think we all, this is like, this is peak short game game. It's yes. just bait for oh, yeah. like, it, it, like all of like each one of us have like it's a narrative roguelike. Hi, Nate. Like it's um, <laughs> um, Shane has already talked in detail about like how much like just room to fuck around and find out there is in this game. Like, like, it's 1930s. Uh, she like husband killing. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hi Laura. And there's a mean woman and there's in a it, mean so it's perfect lady. for Reagan. <laughs> oh God, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Not to mention it's a visual novel. Right, not to mention uh, visual novels. So. Yeah, it's an yeah, incredible yeah. game. Congratulations, this is, this, you this successfully is... baited and made a game specifically yeah, for each one of us. Yeah, you got it. Good job. 
They want that short game bump. They want that short game bump. They know they know how valuable it is. This is one of the easiest recommends that I've come across in a while. Like this is this is short game pantheon stuff here. Really, really, really good. Whenever I I think we all have like our games that we recommend in our back pocket when people like want to talk about the podcast. Like, oh, what kind of games? You know, like. Like, oh, like and then me, we tell them and they blankly always... stare at us like they've never heard of anything we've ever just spoken about. That's the exciting yeah. experience. But you say it's a game you can play on your phone where you try to get away with murdering your husband. I bet everyone's going to go, oh, murder. I want to play that. It's great. Yeah. yeah. This one's so pitchable. Yeah. Well, listen, I can't wait. Let me talk about I'm declaring. I don't usually get to blow the spoiler horn, but okay. I'm officially sounding the spoiler break. Because I want to talk about all of the things. I got all the... Yeah, okay. it's, it's the nautical. It's the nautical. Wait, no, hold on. Boop, boop. Ding, ding. <laughs> I'm ringing the murder bell. Um, we have to do the outro first. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on this fine episode of The Short Game. Before we roll into our spoiler break, a little bit of admin and outro. You can find our show on the internet at www.theshortgame.net where you'll find all of the things, our searchable show notes page, our uh, contact form where you can let us know what you think about the show, what you are uh, playing and enjoying, etc., etc. And uh, also you'll find a link to our Patreon, which is how you can join us on our Discord. We have a community on Discord discussing the games that we play, planning for the show, all of those sorts of things. Um, and if you support the show with even just a dollar a month, you will immediately get access to our Discord. And we'll be very happy to have you and chat with you there. Um, you can also uh, find our show on Twitter at underscore short game. Uh, and you can find this game. I didn't mention it. Or you can find this game on the iOS App Store. Uh, you can find it on the Nintendo Lord, Switch eShop. Just to reiterate then, thank you. Um, yep. And you can find it, I think, also on most of the PC marketplaces, including GOG and Steam. So uh, get it and check it out. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Reagan K. That's R-A-Y-G-A-N-K. And Laura, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Laura J. Nash. Shane, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter at 8BitShane. Nate, where can people find you? On Twitter at NateSTL. And also, I get to do one of my favorite things, which is shout out someone who left us a nice review on our iTunes page. So shout out to uh, Nick Terrace A. Uh, they said, love this show and a bunch of other nice things. Well, let me just say, we love you. Thank you so much for leaving such nice words. It helps us. I know it's an every podcast asks this at the at the end of every episode. It's obnoxious, but it really does help us. And also, this person is on our Discord which is even better. We love the conversation and the community that's happening on our Discord. So thank you for the nice words and for being a part of our Discord. Yes, thank you. And uh, I did. I don't always forget to mention it, but if you uh, want to support the show, obviously there's the Patreon, but another really great way to support the show is just to uh, leave a review on your podcast platform of choice or just tell a friend. Uh, that's the number one way the podcast grows. Uh, you know, if you want to uh, tell somebody on Facebook or, uh, you know, Twitter, maybe you see somebody talking about video games and you want to recommend the show. Uh, you know, we really do appreciate that. Uh, and yep. that word of mouth is how the show grows. And we really do, you know, we really do love when people do that. So thank you very much for that. Um, all those reviews and, and mentions and so on mean a lot to us too. Um, and Reagan, what, what game are we doing next week? 
Barring any unexpected circumstances, next week's we're next week we're going to be talking about the magnificent truffle pigs, uh, which is a first person adventure game about metal detecting and romance taking place on the English countryside, uh, and it's from a developer called Thunked and a new publisher called AMC Games, uh, which I believe is related to the AMC network uh, on cable. Uh, which is sort of interesting. Um, and it's from, uh, I believe, the developer or one of the developers the, or the lead designer of Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, if that gives you a sense of the sort of thing this is, might be. So I'm looking forward to giving that a shot. It's a, about two hours long. And um, that's probably next week. So if you're wanting to get ahead and play something for the show, check it out. Uh, it's on Steam and other things too, I think. I was at a lake uh, a couple weeks ago and there was a dude just like, out in waist high water with a metal detector and like a big old scoop and headphones on that. I, I assume we're playing the metal detecting sounds. And I just thought, what a strange hobby. And so now I'm hoping that this game may give me a little bit more insight into the life of a metal detector. I have not thought or thought about metal detecting interacted with metal detecting at all in a long time. And I saw that guy and now we're doing this game. Maybe I'm going to start metal detecting. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you should watch who, the detector. Who knows what's down we'll there? Someone's got to detect that metal. <laughs> well, I, I'm looking forward to learning more about the art of detecting bits of crap in the ground. Uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. What are you hoping to... What, what are you trying to find? Any, anyway. Uh, ancient buried Roman treasure? In, in the, like 15 feet off of a very popular beach at, at the Lake of the Ozarks. I mean, in, in England. Okay, yeah. So, what was this guy? I guess you're just hoping you find other people's for, like, bo- people's lost jewelry. <laughs> yeah, other people's jewelry. You clearly don't know about metal detector TikTok. <laughs> God damn uh, which it, Eli! If you're listening, apparently watches a lot of. So. Uh, of course, Hi, uh, there's a t- there's a TikTok for everything. Maybe I, we I should ask him it. if he wants to come on for that one. I love um, it. I love it. All right, it. let's move on. We are going to move into our spoiler break territory. Shane, you were really eager to pull the 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 boat horn for this one. So uh, go right ahead. Oh, By the I way, I hold I, I reserve the right to just use our regular sound effect. I don't know where to get a boat <laughs> horn. So you pull the horn and I'll play the drums. Oh, I am I am now ringing the bell uh, that signals a man overboard. Ding ding. <laughs> so yes, I, I I really am excited to talk about the different routes through this game. This this is one where I was really um, interested enough to try to get all of the. Um, not necessarily achievements. There are achievements that you can do on some of the versions of the game, uh, but all of the main endings in the game, which which means um, not only getting. So there are there are three, and there's I think a fourth kind of very secret ending. There's the getting away with it, and there's many ways to get away with it. So that is uh, keeping your freedom. Then there is uh, keeping your freedom. And getting the insurance payout. Um, And then on top of that, uh, keeping all of that insurance payout by stopping a blackmailer who that was a real twist. No loose ends. ends. Yes. Um, So 
But I think maybe the best way to go through this game would be uh, to start by talking about kind of um, the the start of a run, the typical day, and then just talk about all the characters. Because yeah. really this is character-based. So my question is, knowing that suicide is not a way towards insurance payment, can you accuse everybody of murder? I didn't get that far. I have only ever really so I only pinned it on the most obvious Patsy, which is um what's her name? The the uh, Clarissa. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't think you can get I don't think that you can credibly accuse everyone. There are at least two characters who you can accuse and pin the murder on um successfully. And um yeah, and, and even within those options, there's a lot of variation. I think it's true across the whole game. Um, the um, I'm going to try and do maybe varying mm-hmm. levels of uh, of spoilerification so that maybe people are listening to this and like maybe they haven't gotten through all those different parts of the game. So first off, just getting away with it. Um, when you get up in the morning, uh, you yawn and stretch and, and think to yourself, oh, well, I'm going to get ready for the day. Uh, you're in your room, you can immediately leave, um, in which case you have a little bit more time to get to breakfast. Uh, oh, I should say, the steward comes and knocks on the door, and this wakes you up. The steward is a little <laughs> teenager um, with a, you know, he's a little little cherub, and he comes and he knocks on the door, and uh, you can either, there's a complex interaction you can have with him, you can have him come in, you can keep him out in the hallway, um, and you have immediately presented to you, uh, the chance to incriminate yourself <laughs> in a variety of ways, uh, by saying that your husband was with you last night or is with you now, or by pretending to be your husband through the door. That's um, my, I just, I, I wanted to say that real quick because this is one of my favorite little ones. You talk about something you do at the beginning, having an impact at the very end, you can pretend to be your husband and it literally does like quotations, manly voice. Like, <laughs> I've never I, did that. I'm, I'm here and I'm fine, you know, and then you do that. And then at the end of the game, so if you do that, you're trying to play the role of he was with me this morning. And so you have to make all these decisions that are like, I saw him this morning. You know, everyone else, everything that everyone on the boat saw because you murdered someone in the plain sight of like everybody. But at the very end, the steward will come in and be like, well, I spoke to him. I, I spoke to him this morning and he will back you up that you had your husband this morning. If you do the manly voice correctly. It's great. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. Brilliant. Now I will say, and this is a bit, this, this is something that you mo- won't do in most of your runs, certainly early in the game. Uh, you can also, uh, tell him, oh, come in and have a brief conversation with him and then bludgeon him to death with a paperweight. Uh, <laughs> I did that too. Oh yeah. man. And it's such a, it's such a like, it feels like what one of the little touches I noticed there was like, as soon as you do that, the background music goes away and suddenly the game feels yeah. really different. <laughs> um, but you well, can. you murdered a child. You murder a, a child <laughs> for no reason. But if you do do that, you, you can take the key off of his corpse and that's basically a shortcut to the rest of the game because then you've yeah. got the pass key from the very beginning. Um, and I'm yeah. pretty sure there are some things you can really only do if you do that because then you have the pass key first thing but in the morning. But then people find a dead body under your bed that well, smells. It's actually quite possible to get, there are many ways to get the pass key and uh you can get it quite early in the day if you want to 
Um, and a lot of the different approaches you might take in the game are going to hinge on which cabins you have access to. When you head into the bathroom, you can do important clues for the plot, like check and see if you have earrings, or you can take a sleeping pill and pass out and immediately get caught, which is the first thing I did nice. on my first run through, which ended in uh, in real time, two minutes, and in game time, 21 minutes. <laughs> they said, so they say basically, oh, uh, you, uh, we went to the restaurant and you weren't there and you were accused of murder and everyone just said, yeah, she did it. And you went straight to jail because you, you weren't wake there. wake up on your way to Sing Sing. <laughs> it's pretty much correct. Yeah. I love all of the, like, obviously, there's so many choices that you come across in this game. Where it's like, well, I'm, I'm going to lose if I press this button, but... I kind of want to see what happens, yeah, uh, including a number so of times where you can jump off the boat if things are looking terrible. And uh, that is well, a grim, a grim outcome when it happens. I thought I would take like a sleeping pill and be like, someone tried to poison me. But no, I just yeah, fell asleep. That's so funny. Uh, I, um, so I, I, we should talk about some of the characters a little bit more. I think Shane wanted to take us through yeah. those. And, and I, I want to hear everybody's thoughts. Yeah. So, of course. I mean, we can't start with the characters without talking about Veronica Villensley herself. Uh, she is recently married to her husband, who's not really pictured in the game. Very, very occasionally, uh, there are certain circumstances where he does appear um, in a sense. <laughs> but her husband, I forget her husband's name. He, he, I don't know if he comes Malcolm. Up. He comes Malcolm, because, you know, it rhymes Malcolm. with Palkin. Yes, 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 of course. Um, and Veronica is a, a newlywed, very recently married to, to Malcolm. It was his family, his family's idea. Um, and the marriage was wrong from the start. Uh, she was an actress in London's East End, and they are now fleeing to America. Um, and primarily, it seems to be because of her husband's detestable political views. So, you know, Veronica is... Uh, she, her motivations for murdering her husband are sort of slow to reveal, mm. uh, but her detest for him is not. Um, <laughs> the um, The first character that you meet uh, is that steward uh, who doesn't, he's more of a functional character. Um, he's kind of funny. Uh, you do get a few nuggets of character about him, but really he's just a, a kid who exists to wake you up in the morning and show up in a few certain scenes. Um, the first real character that I encountered um, was Carstairs, and he is a kind of um, affable guy. He looks like a dandy, you know? He does. He's a bit dandified, um, and you you can see him early in the morning um, on the upper deck, where he gets up in the morning and takes a little bit of a morning walk um, along with... Uh, sorry, what was the other fellow's name? Uh, major, the major, the, ma the major, major right. Singh. That's twice I've forgotten Major Singh's name. Um, so Carstairs is—he's uh, kind of a cipher. Uh, he has, a, like everyone, he has a secret. Uh, but the first important thing that you really learn about him, I think, is that he spends most of the day in the smoking room playing cards which is where he took your husband for pretty much all he was, he was worth. Um, mm. You know, he's, he's a kind of a card sharp uh, and your husband is a very bad cards player. So uh, that, that's the first character. 
Uh, the important interaction you have with him at the start of the day is those earrings. Veronica wakes up in the morning with one earring and she doesn't realize it. She has these pair of diamond earrings that are very distinctive. And one of them fell out of her ear while she was murdering her husband last night. So it's she up on is the upper so deck. bad at murdering. Just the worst. <laughs> She's so bad. Um, so if you can get up there before car stare in the morning, you can pick it up. But probably you can't. If you do almost anything in your room before leaving it, you won't make it in time. And car stare will find it. And then when you first first see him either up on the deck or later on in the smoking room, he'll give it to you. Um, and if you have discovered that you are wearing the earring, you can take it out and, uh, you can deny that it's your earring. Um, but really it is a piece of physical evidence that ties you to the murder scene, uh, in a very concrete way. So that's one thing that he serves. Um, he, there's big secrets and I won't, I'll I'll kind of come back to those in a bit when we talk about the blackmail. Um, the next character is... Uh, I'll say it's Clarissa. Now, Clarissa is the young lady who your husband was having an affair with. And she is a young poet. She spends most of the day crying uh, because as it is revealed, um, she's well aware that your husband is dead because he fell past her porthole window. Now, she... While she was waiting to sleep with him. (laughs) Yes. He reached yes. his ghostly hand out towards the window as he fell. Mm-hmm. Your husband is the worst in so many yeah. ways. Yes, her her room is uh, her room is full of poetry uh, that she wrote uh, for him, and it is terrible. Uh, one of the interesting things is they created a ton of bad poetry, um, which apparently <laughs> they reached out to people on Twitter to help sort of crowdsource. So there's an absolute. Ton oh, that's of really the, fun. The, I didn't the, know that. the most effective uses. Is maybe the <laughs> ideal use of Twitter. We finally, we finally landed on the ideal use of Twitter. It's also my favorite use of credits because in the tweet thread announcing they, they they released this as a surprise, and it said in the first tweet, it's you know this is the team that worked on it, and then they said, and these are the people who helped with bad poetry, and it was two or three tweets of additional names. <laughs> yeah. so the whole team who did the game is one tweet, and then bad poetry just kept going in a thread. That's brilliant. Just That's really brilliant. That's brilliant. great. I didn't see that. That's fantastic. It took me a long time to get to the bad poetry, but I, I knew it was there because of that tweet. So, so. The, there's obviously a bunch of other characters. I'm not sure we have time to go into ex- extreme detail about everyone, but I, I want to make sure we don't uh, breeze past talking about Lady H. Um, Lady H is a sort of uh, you know heiress type woman who is also a uh, you know a, a, a gossip and potentially even a blackmailer um, who <gasps> is, oh, I know who's uh, who sees everything on the ship. And um, she's one of the people who potentially witnessed your crime. Uh, she may not have seen exactly who it was, but she saw the event occur. And uh, so she is the biggest uh, hurdle in, in most of my playthroughs. Um, first of all, she's eager to turn you in unless you find a way to, to like, cloud the issue of who did the pushing. Um, Mm -hmm. And then if you do successfully get off, um, she will blackmail you and she will take you for all your worth. uh, Even if you get the, if you get away and get the, the insurance payout, she comes after you. And so there's that sort of final level of, um, uh, of the, uh, you know, do you get away with it of no loose ends? You have to figure out a way to 
I suppose there's probably multiple ways to do this. And this she was the area that I had the most trouble with. I haven't figured out a good solution for her yet. I'm sure you can kill her or convince her you weren't the killer or maybe, um, I don't know, reverse blackmail her or something. Like, I'm sure there's a, there's multiple ways because there's definitely, she has secrets, but like I haven't gotten too deep into what her deal is. Does anybody have a, like, how, how do you, how did you guys address Lady I H? do. Yes, I think that's that's that seems like the Uber spoiler. <laughs> yeah, that is. Uh, so this is one of the things that was hardest for me to figure out in the game. Um, basically, um, my my progression with the game was first to kind of figure out plausible deniability where people kind of kind of know it's you, but there's no hard evidence, and that gets you your freedom when you reach America. Like that's the baseline. Uh, that mostly involves just dealing with the earrings. Uh, and not incriminating yourself uh, when you when you talk about your husband throughout the day, um, so you can mostly you can mostly deal with it things that way. Um, the the second the level up uh, for your cover up is to throw the blame onto Clarissa because Clarissa is is a pretty easy patsy here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know she was obviously entangled with your husband. That's easy to prove. Uh, the uh, she's a little bit emotionally unstable. She spends most of the day crying and running around. Um, and in fact, if you really want to seal the deal, one of the one of the best moments for me in the game was when I realized I could get into her room, um, which, by the way, you can do by retrieving a key to her stateroom that uh, she gave to your husband. Yeah, and her husband's. It's in his jacket. Uh, it's in her husband's jacket. In your husband's jacket. Yes. So you can get into her room easier than anyone else's room. That key is just waiting there for you. So you can get into her room and take some of her poetry. And then if you uh, uh, confront her about her affair with your husband on the uh, by the railing where you pushed him, uh, and you start reading the poetry to her and tell her. Uh, you know, me and my husband and I, we we read this and we laughed at you. Uh, and you just keep reading the poetry to oh, no. her, just reading her all the going. bad poetry. She eventually will throw herself over the side. That's so horrible. Uh, and that's a very effective way to blame her. Uh, <laughs> sure. For, uh, for, for things, you know, and now she's killed herself as well. Um, but you can, but you cannot even get her, you can even manipulate her into confessing. That's so mean. That is so mean. My God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, she's, she tried to steal your husband. She deserves it. Even though you didn't want What I, what I found most effective with her was just planting, um, planting an earring and the sleeping pills in her room. And then it just sort of took care of itself. Uh, the, the, the people on this boat are very judgmental about, uh, the sleeping pills. You don't even have to do that. If you play your cards, right. Mm-hmm. You can so, just get her yeah. real mad and people think she's insane. Absolutely. That's what, so Absolutely. I, the biggest though is the wallet. I tended to plant the wallet in mm, her room. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wallet is a very easy plant. It's a, it's very, very much ties her there. And I like to keep the sleeping pills because they're very useful. Um, and I'll get to that later. So um, the so that's how you you d- you level up to pinning it on someone else, right? If you're able to pin it on her, then it's a murder. And if it's a murder that you didn't commit, then uh, then you can get the insurance payout. Now to level up further, you have to get it with no loose ends. And as you know, Lady H saw you kill, saw someone 
push your husband over the side. She has bad vision. It was a dark and stormy night. Now, actually, two people did. But one of them's real easy to get around. Two people saw you (laughs) shove him over the side. Well, so that's yes. so that's what so, I wanted to talk about real quick because this brings it, up our my favorite character. Yeah, uh, Anders. Mentioned yet? Yeah. Anders or Anders? Anders. Yeah. yeah, Anders is uh, the captain of the ship. Commander. He's, he's not a, the captain. The there, commander. There is a captain who they talk about, ah, but he is okay. Commander. Commander. Okay, so he is, they, and they call him the commander. Um, yeah, and he is the the handsome uh, commander of the ship that. Um, if you dig into some of the details, uh, Veronica actually already has a pre-existing relationship with, uh, to some extent. Now, um, uh, that's not totally clear, especially as you're playing early on, uh, but he is, uh, very romanceable. Um, so, and his motivations are pretty cut and dried and he'll tell you flat out essentially that, uh, you know, he did see what happened. He won't say it in so many words, you really, this is where the subtext really plays in. But as long as you take care of yourself and don't incriminate yourself, he'll be on your side. He cares about his career. He cares about not incriminating himself um, or getting involved in something that, you know, could bring him down or ruin his life. But he doesn't care that you killed your husband. (laughs) He's into you killing your your husband because he can hook up with you. He doesn't care if you kill anybody, frankly, which not entirely true to play later. Yeah. If, if you, if he walks into a room where you have killed the teenage, like, uh, concierge or whatever the guy's job is. I had a, I, I pushed off, uh, I knew Anders was in the, in up in the bridge where he can see down and I pushed, uh, car stairs over for no reason just because i wanted to see what happened and immediately i push him over it's like bing 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 and then uh anders comes down and he's like it's daylight uh, like, come on <laughs> like like what 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 would you have me do uh, i i am not totally sure that that's what happened because i when once we get into the um uh the last run that i did uh, I, I want to talk about a sequence of events that leads to some very unusual things. So that's um, well, at least for me, that's what happened because I pushed him overboard. And I, I think it depends on yeah. where who who sees you because I think uh, if it's only I mean, the Anders, only gratuitous murder also I did was the with it. concierge. Um, yeah, Anders is all. I think the script is that he's always the person that gets sent to bring you to mm-hmm. like the little mock trial in the dining yeah. room. Um, so, so I, th- I don't think, yeah, maybe the regular, um, maybe, think, maybe one of the other, uh, yeah. staff saw you from the, yeah. Yes. Cause there's always someone looking down, but not always him. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, I was talking about Anders and Mrs. H Yes, because Anders and Mrs. H are, uh, the two characters who saw the crime take place. Anders from the Brick. kind of, uh, what is the name of that room? The captain's the cabin, bridge, something like that? The bridge. The bridge. The bridge. Of course, I don't... Part, parts of boat. Um, and... The top uh, part of the boat. And he also saw that Mrs. H was on deck and probably saw you, although you do not know that. Uh, although, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, Veronica does he'll, know Yeah, that. and he'll tell so, you if you flirt with him. Mm-hmm. Mrs. H is the sort of person who uh, you eventually discover... She's... Her, her initial character the easy to read character of her. So first off, she's one of my favorite characters in terms of the structure of the narrative because uh, she's kind of a dark horse. She is a drunk. You know this. She starts drinking at noon. She is mechanically, in terms of the scenes that play out around her, very complicated because most of the characters are predisposed to you in some way, 
Like Carstairs kind of keeps to himself, but he's friendly. Uh, Clarissa is, you know, has is kind of one note, but uh, Mrs. H can be your friend or your foe, and it's very it can be quite different depending. But what she is doing beyond just being kind of a a drunk old lady on a boat uh, is that she is kind of a collector of secrets. You know, there is there if you befriend her, you can engage in a bit of horse trading or secret trading with her. And there are um, other characters who have deep secrets on the boat that you can discover and then trade with her for information about characters you care about. Um, so the the level up for me to escape completely scot-free meant that I really had to eliminate her because it was pretty soon very clear that she was the blackmailer. Uh, not only because she was the only one who could have known, but because she signed the blackmail letter, Toodles. <laughs> Good hint. The blackmail that she has on you is clear, but she also has blackmail on Anders. Um, and if you start digging, you will find that uh, you can kind of trade her for a photograph of Anders. Or if you get into her cabin and interact with all the objects, the, that you will find this photograph. And the photograph proves that Anders uh, is not Anders. Anders <gasps> is someone else who uh, kind oh, of Don Draper Donders. Um, mm. you know, and, what a twist. Uh, uh, spoilers for the first season of uh, <laughs> uh, Mad Men. Spoilers for the first season. Sure, sure, yeah. The first three episodes. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. And she has been using this uh, kind of threat of ruining his career um, to extort multiple, um, like, transatlantic voyages from him. Amazing. Um, and so so she is on the boat and she is she, she so now you have an a potential ally in Anders. So uh, now you can do one of two things. You can conspire to frame her or kill her and you frame her in in similar ways to what you would do with uh, with Clarissa uh, or you can uh, drug her in one of my favorite scenes uh, where you can't well actually I don't know that you necessarily have to drug her to, for for this to work, but you can uh, do the the uh, classic Princess Bride uh, cup switcheroo with the drugs in the cup, mm. um, which is yet another. Uh, it's and she's also pretty particular about the flavor of her drink. So I screwed this one up uh, in some funny ways. This is another chance to accidentally drug yourself. Uh, she's hard to drug <laughs> because the pills. Don't dissolve. Drugging her, she goes and falls asleep in her cabin, and then you can smother her with a pillow. So, nice. yes. And if you properly incriminate her and kill her, that also works. I had to switch cups with her, drug my drink, and then have her notice that her drink was my drink and it didn't taste right. And then she switched it, and then she just downed her drink. So, mm. uh, that worked. <laughs> Don't be careful in that scene, uh, because you totally can drug yourself which is not a recipe for success that's so funny i i would love to share the experience that i had with uh with anders in our very first run so molly and i played this game together which was a lot of fun by the way so if you have someone if you like co-op games like i basically screen shared the game up onto the tv and we made the choices together and it was a lot of fun and we basically did the whole first run just being like because we never played before we were just doing the whole like well, I don't know where he is. Do you know where he is? And we just ran around the boat trying to be like, 
Mm-hmm. I don't know where he is. Well, oh, you gosh. found that other so bad. You found that other earring. Well, thank you so much for finding it. Where was it? Oh, well, oh, Malcolm would be so. I don't know how he got there. Yeah, Malcolm would be so mad if we if we've learned anything from politics in the last four years. If you just deny everything, you kind of just get away with it, right? So oh, yeah, that was yeah. our 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 mind. So it was just deny, deny, deny. And then we went and visited Anders, and he's like, "I saw something," and we're like. Well, isn't that interesting? What did you see? And he's like, you know, I could clearly see what happened. It's like, oh, wow. And we basically played the entire run, like, absent like that. And it all came down at the end. And Anders, it felt like out of nowhere, stepped up and was like, I saw Clarissa kill. Uh, (laughs) And we were like, what? Hell yeah. And we got away with it. And so I think, like... Uh, well, and then so the what was interesting to me is the next run, our second run, the little intro newspaper. Uh, at the beginning, there's a newspaper mm-hmm. that you know tells you, sort of sets the scene a little bit. The, the intro newspaper said like Miss Billingsley has been seen in the arms of Commander Anders, you know, and I think that like they only gave us that newspaper because we've already seen. Uh, Anders like step up to the plate for Veronica and it felt so out of nowhere, but I understood it better once playing more and understanding the characters. But we, we basically like stumbled by doing almost nothing. Like literally we tried to drug uh, Mrs. H, but messed it up and just like ended up leaving with our drink, not drank with a pill sitting in it and like did nothing and got away with it. And I've been unable to win again since that one. (laughs) You can have Anders turn against you if you schedule uh, a rendezvous and then forget because you're busy talking to God about (laughs) cheat advice and just don't show up. He gets kind of pissed at you and if if the circumstantial evidence is like teetering, he won't go be like, Sorry. I, I actually, that's what I, I had the, I had a run where I actually did meet up with Anders and have a little rendezvous in the, in the cabin. Uh, it was great. We had a great time. And then at the end, I thought I had everything set up again and he still didn't back me. I'm like, what did I do in the first game that made Anders back me so hard when the second game, when we literally hooked up on, in the middle of the game mm-hmm. and yes. he did, he Anders did back will me. only side with you. If he is sure there's no real suspicion on you, yeah. he will not stand up for you against anyone else's word. That is the main thing. Like, um, but the rendezvous, my favorite, one of my favorite interactions in the game that I discovered is in that rendezvous. And it's, it's not the only way to get a pass key, but it is clearly the best way to get a pass key. So um, at a couple of times at breakfast or while he's on watch, you can go and talk to Anders and um, kind of proposition him. And he'll tell you, you know, I go on my rounds at 1130. So I could drop by your cabin. Um, if you have gone and gotten the key to Cl- uh, Clarissa's stateroom and bring that with you to this rendezvous um, afterwards, while he is in the bathroom, you can take his pass key, Wonderful. take the little red ribbon off of it, and put it onto her key, and then switch them. And now you have a pass key to unlock any room, uh, any stateroom in the uh, in the boat. Yeah, if you try to just I steal his, that, if you try to just steal, I, I tried that interaction and just tried to steal his key, and um, and he finds it, 
and uh, tuts at you about it. If you put it under the pillow, he's like, no, no. Uh -uh. Yeah, he's not he's not going to let you just take his pass key. But, you know, if he uh, if he right. So I think that would be too potentially incriminating for him. Well, that said, you can kind of just get his pass key. Uh, if you get him while he's on watch um, in the in the uh, uh, the the on on deck, um, you can you can get him alone, and uh, you just start reaching in his pockets. And if you're really persistent, you'll get it. That's amazing. <laughs> Haven't we all been there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you you can really you can really get handsy with him, and uh, and you can walk away with that key. Trust me. <laughs> So all of this is very good if you actually want to get away with murder. But if you just want to kind of see what the game has. Um, some of my favorite things I did were I played a full round of blackjack with a full deck of cards. Like an actual game <laughs> of blackjack. Didn't expect that. Inkle, thanks for slipping that in. And also <laughs> I, I got... You if you're curious, by the way, just quick throw out there. If you are curious, if you go on the Inkle Patreon, you can see the ink script for the... Uh, blackjack yes, game. and you can oh, wow. find out if he nice. cheats and how by it reading works. it. Um, so not only can you play cards, but you also can get clubbed in the head with a cricket bat. Did Did you guys have other weird stuff happen to you when you played? Uh, I didn't have anything weird, but I, like, well, other than the whole game is weird, but nothing like that. But I did try a couple things that I just thought would be funny to try, and of course they all failed immediately. Uh, one of them was sleep as long as I can and then go to the restaurant and just eat food for the rest of the day. There, <laughs> there, there is, there is a, like when you're in the restaurant, there is a constant option to eat, eat something. And I thought it would be funny if like, oh, I couldn't have, you know, I can't, couldn't have murdered him. I've just been in here eating all day, you know? And, and, uh, it turns out like you have no backup and you're just like, ah, no, it wasn't me. And everyone's like, you know, well, we saw you. We found your earring. We, you know, like da da da. And it's like, yeah, I, I did nothing to prevent this. So you, <laughs> you know, you get thrown out. So just sleeping in and going to the restaurant, not a, not a great move. And then the other one I tried to do was just stand on the upper deck and just hang out up there and just talk to whoever comes and just have like idle conversation for the entire day. Just like, oh yeah, I'm just up here on the deck. Don't know where my husband is, but just. It's all good. Enjoying the enjoying the view. I'm just what are you hanging up to? out at the scene of the crime? <laughs> yeah, that one also did not work. Uh, I also tried to talk to God for like as long as I possibly could, and you get some interesting things out of that too. But yeah, uh, we didn't we didn't really explain the talking to God thing, which is one of my favorite weird things about the game. You can go to the chapel on the ship and pray. And God will engage you in conversation. And it's very funny conversation, mostly. He hates you. That is very snarky. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine. But he's also a help system. Yeah, that's true. He's, he provides hints, which is uh, really neat. A really neat way to present those. And, uh, we haven't mentioned there is a checklist of like things that the game says you kind of should try. Like kind of a little mini quest system, right? Like, can I get... Uh, car stare on to help me uh one of them is can i get a thousand dollars um you know a few different things like that and yeah the talking to god will give you hints for those things um in fact talking to god is also a way for you to actually get some of that money because you can steal from the from the tray um but the talking to god also led to um what i felt was kind of the capper for the game 
Um, and the last thing I did in the game, which is, you know, as you continue to talk to him at, at some point, you, you get, you say something like, you know, are you really God? And he's like, well, you know, yes, or whatever. Um, <laughs> I, I was like, are you, are you God or are you the other one? And, and he's like, well, if I were the other one, here's what I would tell you to do. Uh, kill everyone. <laughs> um, and, and you're like, everyone? He's like, everyone. Even the steward? Yet no one is without sin, Veronica. Uh, <laughs> it's the, so good. The steward so has good. been peeping through peepholes. You know, and and he'll he'll you can talk about about everyone, and he'll tell you why everyone deserves to die, on the boat deserves to die, and so that's your last quest. Oh, and the font changes into like like a, a red it's god red, script. Yeah, talk. yeah, and um and so you know that's 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 the last little quest on the quest line is uh no one is without sin. Kill everyone. Um, <laughs> and here is how I did it. Oh God! I'm so torn. See, I'm, please, like, do we actually I'm, I'm so this? excited to do this. So I'm going to shut my ears because I want to figure this out. But um, uh huh. It's really hard to figure out. But okay. So because there are some places where it kind of the last step in this is 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 ready to f you over. But okay. Basically, here's how it works. Mostly, you're just. Shane, let's mm-hmm. let's not. Shane, you can tell me all about it later. I think I should leave this as an exercise for the listener. Okay. Yeah. So it is quite a puzzle. If you want to know, if you get stuck on this, you can talk to me on the short game Discord. And it will. Us on Discord. Um, or tweet me, you know, or whatever. And uh, I will help you out. Mm. I'm so glad we played this. This game was phenomenal. Um, just absolute top shelf thing. And, uh, and perfect for this show. And I'm so glad that, that Inkle made it. Um, we've already done our admin and outro, uh, and we're way over time. So no time for any, uh, any what's making us happy this week, but, uh, I, this game's making me happy. Yeah. So thank you all for, for joining me on this one. Listeners, thank you for listening and, uh, we'll hopefully catch you next week on another episode of the short game.